Hey, this is Ashlyn, former co-host of the Top 10 Recovery Podcast, The Betrayed, The Addicted, and The Expert. I have had my challenges, but I am also living proof that joy is possible, even when life does not go as planned. I'm excited to share with you real examples of living a life full of adventure, true healing, and freedom, no matter how messy life gets. Each episode, I will introduce you to someone I love and respect to talk about ways to be the buffalo and to face your storms in different areas of life. I love you. I love you. <laughs> oh, we're here. We're excited. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm excited because I am here with my friend Allison, and we are going to talk about uh, there's no problem. There's no, no problems <laughs> in the whole world. There's none. We're doing what a relief. <laughs> At the end, we're done. See you uh, next week. <laughs> when there's no more problems. <laughs> this is already going to be good. If you can't tell. Um, Allison Faulkner is a branding and events expert, host of the podcast, Awesome with Allison, which is a top te- uh, top 100. Not ed- top 10, Ashlyn. Not top 10. <laughs> In my book, it is. Thank you. Um, a health and wellness podcast consultant for Fortune 500 companies, writer, speaker, self-proclaimed nonsense dancer, and the CEO of Allison's Brand School partnering with Microsoft and Alaska Airlines, among others, and me, I mean, uh, and Ashlyn, she's, <laughs> she's obsessed with her kids, her husband, family, and friends. I love Allison. And I love you. And I just say, I don't know that I've ever told you this. The first, um, experience that I had with Allison, <laughs> Allison show, because I went to your mermaid party, Allison shell. Yes. <laughs> Where you can dance your troubles into bubbles. Oh, I did. Yeah, you danced. Did you dance your troubles into bubbles? I had the best costume. I Mm. had a full um, mermaid outfit, leotard. I feel like I remember photos of this. It was ridiculous. And I painted shells on or scales on my face. But I remember going to this dance party going, okay, what are we doing? And who, what's going on here? And wait, who is this Allison girl? Like everyone's (laughs) obsessed with her. And just dancing and being like, there were dancing sharks. Yes. I came out with my husband dressed as a merman and he like hopped out. Yeah, that was, that was one of the parties. So I'd been doing the dance parties mm-hmm. and, you know, at first I just wanted to do dance parties and then everyone's like, what are you wearing? Oh, let's take a picture. And I'm like, I guess I'll put on a costume. I mean, and then it just started feeling like. I wasn't able to like dance and enjoy the parties. And Mm -hmm. I was like, how can I enjoy them? I was like, by having my husband and my friend from college dress up as a giant crab and a merman. And it was a production. It was a production. It really was. By turning it into a production. And so just embracing my inner drag queen, allowing her to come out and produce. It is though. The costume made it so that I could dance however I wanted. It's that Sasha Fierce. Yeah, so exactly. Thank that was you. that was my intro to Allison, and of course, <laughs> I've had all the other experiences in between. And we don't need a dance party in order to love Allison. Oh well, thank you. And you and I, I love. We have a walk. We have walks by the river. Yes. That one walk we had by I the know. river. We should have more. I know that was just a couple when years I see, ago. When <laughs> I see you walking, I'm like, I want to go. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> um, yeah, Allison. Allison actually was one who called me in when I hadn't announced my divorce, but she could clearly see I was struggling. Yeah, I did do that. Didn't I? You did call me. That's something I would do. (laughs) Sounds like me. (laughs) You're like, you need to come over and have lunch. And I did. You were so sweet. Um, you, you were just sweet and pumping me up and reminding me that I have choices and I have a future and yeah, you gave me a lot of hope in something that I just felt like I was drowning in. I'm so, so glad to hear that. I re- I do remember that conversation a lot more like right in this moment. And what I really remember is, man, you left and I just was like, she, your value is like off the charts through the roof. And like you being able to stand in your own power. Like we talked about like this podcast, like we talked about how it was going to all break down. So it really is like so exciting and fun to see you like still here. Owning- <laughs> well, no, but like, I'm still standing. Exactly. That right? was my yeah. theme song. Yeah. All last year. I'm like, I'm still here. <laughs> I've had that one. <laughs> I- I've had that theme song. <laughs> but also just like, I love this is Ashlyn. Yeah. Like it's, 
it's everything. It's like the shackles are broken. You and, get it. Oh, there's no last it. name. There's no co-host. It's like, yes. I will invite all my favorite people. Thank you. But it is, it's whatever I want it to be. I love it. Well, I'm a girl who puts her own name in lights. So I'm going to support that. <laughs> I'm going to support that 100%. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we're here because you have a book coming out. I wrote a book. It's kind of a big deal. <laughs> I don't know. I, mean, I go I'm into like, an L what? what? Like it's hard. Like <laughs> it's not hard to write a book. You know, the thing about writing a book <laughs> is you are like, cool. You wrote a book. Somebody wrote a book, right? You're like, yay, you wrote a book that I'd like to write a book. That sounds hard. And then you write a book and you're like, I'm not just going to talk about how hard it is to write a book. It's not, it's not hard for me to write a book. It was hard for me to have written a book, knowing that people would read it. Mm. It wasn't hard for me to write the book. Yeah. It was hard for me to get to a place of freedom so that I could experience having a book and not just be filled with dread and anxiety and panic and torture. And so when I got the book deal, that was like the bargain I made either with devil or the devil or God. We're like <laughs> jury sure. still out. Like, <laughs> because you, you talked to me in the middle of like my complete break after writing the book. So I was talking to my husband about it. And I just share this because I know the people who are your people are my people. We're all the people together we the people. where it's like, we are the people who are like, I want to do the hard thing. I'm going to do the work to do the hard thing. Why is the hard thing so hard? Yeah. <laughs> Why is it not easier? Why is it so Stupid. hard? And so it's just so simple. And this is in the book, but it just comes down to really like hard things are difficult. Yeah. They're, they're difficult, but where I'm at now is it was feeling really difficult. And I know that I have the capacity to do really difficult things and get out of bed and still interact with the world. And I wasn't at that place like a couple of weeks ago. And so different, different new is maybe I'll get some help, maybe, yeah. it, but, but really, and then I was inspired and led to help. And just like I was telling you, like in the last few days, I've been able, you know, the book comes out in about a week and I've been able to move into this space where I am having a good time. There was also a lot of hard, mm -hmm. but like, it's still really, really fun. So it's hard and it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> but that's a really great description of life in general, yeah. right? We yeah. go through these seasons and I, I have a lot of women that I get to mentor, unfortunately, that are in the hard, hard mm. seasons Yeah, and to watch them go through that and still make time and space for themselves to honor the rest or honor mm. the fun. Rest is the worst, best. Because <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to do it. And we yeah. have the narratives telling us not to, right? So right. Um, yeah, it's hard work and healing to me is just a everyday practice. And sometimes, some days I'm really good at it. And other days I'm like, yeah, I don't want to today. You know, I love that. I feel like I took breaks. Mm -hmm. Like I literally took like I was in an intense healing space for probably a year and a half. That's so annoying. That's so like you, like, you're like, yeah, sounds yeah. rough. I'm like, yeah. Like, and I say like intense healing space, meaning like psychotic break, unable to like really do my life, mm -hmm. um, to the degree I could do it. I just decided to no longer override right. all of my systems and do it. And so even in that space, like I would just hit these walls where I would think I'm going to take a break from healing right now. Mm -hmm. I'm going to use my coping mechanisms and I'm going to numb and watch television. And I'm going to like sleep, right? Like these different things were just like leaning into the healing. Mm -hmm. And then also sometimes it's healing to not heal, yes. right? Like to not be so yes. focused on healing. And mm -hmm. I think that especially people like you and me who are attracted to self-improvement, who are going to be attracted to this yes. book. The reason why this book, you're already awesome is for you is because you're already awesome. Yeah. 
you're awesome when you're doing your mantras and your meditations. And you're awesome when you're, you know, unconsciously eating and binge watching television and arrested arrested development, whatever, whatever it is, like you're awesome. And we don't have to fix you Mm -hmm. and we don't have to change you. We just need to accept. And gosh, darn it. We were talking about this. Like, it's so crazy how, when you start to accept yourself, you don't need everyone to agree with you. You don't need to agree with everyone. And you still have all this space and love for people. And when you can accept yourself and you really don't have it in you to do the things you thought you needed to get done, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Like the world isn't ending, but there's so much programming and unconscious backlog there. And so what I wanted is I wanted the experience of reading my book to help clear some of that. Mm. So it's not like you're going to read the book and then you're going to, it has tons of tools. It has tons of checklists, mantras, practical application. But I was like, but what if you just read the book and that's fine? Yeah. Like what if I just for 200 and how many pages reaffirm to you in every different way that your brain tries to fight that you're already great, yeah. that you already are worthy. Like what, what, a <laughs> what a crazy concept. Yeah. Right. I felt that it was, um, a book of grace. Oh, thank you. Of just like, Hey, we're already there. And the yeah. fact that you're reading the book is showing that you care enough about yourself to keep going. And yeah. really that's a lot of times what we need yes. is the is that belief that I am worth continuing to mm. the next day. Yeah. Right. Um, and it is, yeah. One of the best things I was, I mean, it's a little thing, but my therapist long ago, when I started this healing journey, that's very intentional. Yeah. It was intense and it became my life and I became resentful. You know, this is everything I'm reading, everything I'm listening to my extra free time is at therapy or group and it's super annoying. This is not fun. Yeah. She said, you know, it's okay. And now I live my life the way she told me. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> you should be having fun. Why are you not having fun? It's not just all heavy. Um, you have time to rest. You can watch TV. And so ending it's that stress cycle, right? I'm going to end mm. every night and I'm going to watch either uh, 30 rock new girl or Arrested Development or Shit's Creek. I was a, I literally <laughs> was about to say, but can't we get Shit's Creek in there? Oh, because that I was feel, last night with my girls. Do you know? I think there's something. Um, so when I feel like a terrible person, I like to watch Shit's Creek and Arrested Development <laughs> because not. they're terrible, <laughs> right? But they're not terrible like Walter White in Breaking Bad. Terrible yes. where he's gaslighting his wife and it's a little triggering. But yes. like, which also. Sometimes like I am watching Breaking Bad again because I'm like, remind me why I don't just want to become a drug dealer and live a life against the law. Like really, like I really told my husband, I was like, I need to be reminded why <laughs> to, p- to pick the path you're on. Yeah. You? <laughs> yeah. Like to, to continue in the light basically, because I don't know, I continued in the light for a really long time. It's hard. Still felt crappy. So I'm like, maybe we should go, maybe I should break bad, but you know, after only about one season, you're reminded why you don't really want to break bad. Yeah. So, (laughs) but we need that. We need the relief. And so it just, there's my tip for one second is just take a break. If you need to take a break, make sure you're laughing, make sure you're ending your day. My goal every week is to laugh so hard. I cry. That's a dumb goal, but it's given me a a lot of goodness the last few years. That's like, I need to be around people that are making me love life instead of like all the heavy and the hard and, and connecting in trauma. That's heavy. I don't want to connect in trauma. Oh, oh. And it's, it's so good, but it's also so limiting. Yeah. Um, when we start to wear those labels, like a badge of honor and as an identifier, um, it's like, there's this balance where it goes from freeing and liberating to own it Mm -hmm. to trapped because you're labeling it and you're assigning it. Yeah. That's who I am. Right. Yeah. And so, um, that's, I'm excited to talk about. So the book is set up in 12 shifts and each of the shifts, like I said, the experience of reading the book 
looking at the book. I wanted it to be like, you're crying under your desk, under your bed, you're in the bathroom, the door shut. And you're like, I feel so terrible. I'm all, I know I'm inherently divine, blah, blah, blah. But why do I feel so bad? Right. Yeah. From that space to be able to pick the book up. Mm. Now, even if you're feeling fantastic, great, pick the book yeah. up, Yeah, yeah. but to be able to turn to it. So there's 12 shifts. And the idea is that they shift you to just remembering your inherent wholeness. You're awesome. And so one of the shifts that you and I were talking about, which is one of my favorite ones to talk about with people because they have such visceral reactions to it is shift number nine. There's no problem to solve. There's no problems. Remember? <laughs> we're all fine. Everything's great. I'm fine. You're peaches, fine. Peaches and cream. Yeah. So I think the interesting thing is like, how did you feel about that shift before reading the chapter? Well, like when you saw it, like, cause you've done so much, I'm just interested, like what perspective you brought to mm -hmm. it. Um, well, the funny thing is I feel like you gave me some of this belief years ago when I heard, um, your podcast, other people's other, problems yes. you down with OPP. It stuck with me like I love hardcore that. because I was down with other people's same, problems. Same, 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 same. And so I was like, there's always a problem to solve. And I yes. literally bought a book called You Don't Have to Fix Everything. What? Are you sure? <laughs> because I was like, no, that's my job. Yeah, but I can. And so it's my responsibility. And so when I was trying to fix everything that was out of my control or sometimes in my control and it wasn't working the way I needed it oh. to, it was only creating more problem within me. Mm. And so this whole idea of like surrender and letting go and, um, honoring me first and foremost, or first and foremost, that was radical thinking for me years ago. And so reading this was just like, oh yeah, I remember I loved all of this and this definitely shifted my life. Oh, thank you. So it shifted my life too. That's yeah. why it's in there. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, and I mean, I'm the biggest, like, like, I think that I've worked on my control issues and like letting things go. And then it's so darling. It's so <laughs> darling. Let's just use the word darling. darling. Okay. It's just darling how, how far I still get to go. Like, it's just darling. <laughs> and so the response I also get to this a lot, there's no problem to solve um, Mallory, she works with me. She helps mm -hmm. in my inbox. She's the best. And she's a very linear thinker. She's a problem solver. She likes to go into problem solving mode. She's a Virgo, mm -hmm. right? Big Virgo energy. And that's my daughter. They like things planned. Mm -hmm. They like things delineated. That is different. Organizing mm -hmm. is different than problem solving and checking off a task feels like problem solving to a lot of people, but mm -hmm. that's not necessarily what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about when I say there's no problem to solve. And first, what I want to do is acknowledge your problems are real and valid. Like I'm not trying to show up and be like, the world is great. That remember the idea is to shift your mind, yeah. to shift your thoughts. Like you're saying, shift your world when there's no problem to solve what, how does that free up your energy? How does that free up the emotional load you're carrying? How does that free up the backlogged programming that puts you as responsible for everyone around you and yes. solving everyone's problems around you? Right. And so you liked this part and I was dying because <laughs> I wrote it and I'm like, I am so funny. I am the well, funniest person alive. You are. It's fine. I, well, no, but and then I kept thinking they'll edit it out of the book. Cause I wrote like a twice as long book. And then I was like, do it, like cut it down. Right. They left this part. And I was like, so I felt like I got away with something. <laughs> I did get away with something because I legitimately reference Billy Madison mm -hmm. in my philosophical, spiritual self-improvement book. <laughs> And that's probably why I loved it. Thank you. And I that, like really stupid humor. That's so. same, same, same. So I, I mean, do you want to like, I think I'll oh, talk no. too long. So you said, no, go for it. Okay. I'm like, I tell like, us. So when we're thinking about humans and problem solving mode, let's just juxtapose the concept as I do in my book with flow. So problem solving mode is very much that projecting forecasting 
this is a foreseeable problem and I'm going to arrange my life and all of the pieces as to prevent this problem or to mitigate yes. this problem. Yes. If you are in an abusive situation, if someone is hurting you, if someone is not respecting your boundaries, that's a huge problem. And when you are in flow and in presence, you're going to be able to take the action much better. And as I say that as a person who was so caught up in anxiety that I missed um, and future tripping and solving mm -hmm. and making sure everything is okay, that I, I did miss in my life when some things were really dangerous and not okay. Um, and so I just, I say that from the place of, I'm not asking anyone to ignore their safety or their boundaries, but to step into a place of compassion and flow and not just in that future tripping, yeah. problem solving. Um, and so this is the visual I have for accepting other people's problems. And this is actually a really helpful thing to do with your inbox. Um, or your social media or your text messages, or do you like, how do you feel about like phone calls and text messages? Like, do you ever have to ignore them for long periods of time? Well, I hired someone to just answer all my emails. Yes. Cause so, I, I literally could not open them. That's. And I, I take one day a month that I answer my DMS that are stories mm. of like, tell me what to do. Cause it's so heavy for me. Yes. And I'm, I'm right there with you. And so you and I, I think similar in that way, we're like, I'm responsible for, I can, and also like you're empathic and intuitive. So yes, you can I feel see it. that there's a problem. <laughs> well, I mean, even like, I'm like, Ashlyn, you need to come over. I need to take care of your problem. I mean, <laughs> hi, I'm, I'm not, I'm only saying that I am trying to practice what I preach. I know that when I practice, I feel better, mm -hmm. but I'm, let's not, I'm, we're not perfect. Yeah, here. no, let's, no, no, <laughs> we're practicing. No yeah. So there's refuse to accept the flaming bags of poop. So in Billy Madison, him and his friends, they take these <laughs> so stupid. They, they take like bags of like poop, like cow poop or whatever, or dog poop. And they put it on this guy's doorstep and they light it on fire. So this is where I quote this. And my brother used to quote this in high school so much. So he, the guy, he answers the door in his tidy whities and his boots. And there's this flaming bag. And he says to his wife, who's off screen, it's the flaming bag of poop again. Right? So this is the perfect visual of problems. Yeah. It's urgent. It's stinky. It's uncomfortable. It feels dangerous. It's mm. right in front of you. Um, if you don't stomp it out, the whole house is going to burn down. Right? Like yeah. that's what a problem feels like. Um, and so I think it's good to even look at the nuances of the words. I talked about problem in the way of like task oriented checklist mm -hmm. or problem as in panic confusion. Like what does the word problem elicit? Mm -hmm. Cause it's going to be different for everyone. So if that word isn't doing it for you, then just change it up. Yeah. Right. So, <clears throat> so there's this flaming bag of poop and he says to his wife, it's the poop again. And she says like all good wives. Don't put it out with your boots, Ted. But what does Ted do? He puts it out with his boots. And then he has poop all over his shoes and poop all over his um, doorstep. Mm -hmm. And so this has been a really gross and helpful visual for me when I start to take, like I had an uncomfortable interaction with somebody around planning my event. Mm -hmm. And I felt so bad. Like I was curled up in a ball, like, losing it because she wasn't happy with how I handled the situation. But ultimately, if I'm honest with myself, I wasn't delighted with how she handled the situation, but like, I'm not even like barely willing to say it because I'm like, I accept the responsibility. I accept this. I accept this. But when you see the big frantic, urgent problems yeah. as flaming bags of poop, the little bit of fourth, like a little bit of presence it's presence. That's yeah. what it is. The presence to think like, maybe it would be better to pour this out with water. Maybe it would be better to get a shovel and just dump it on some dirt. Right. Like, yes. Yes. Rather than just immediately putting it out with your boots. And so, um, I said, not only do we create, it's a like Ted. So I'm going to quote from the book here, mm -hmm. like Ted, we're all shocked when we're left with poop on our boots. Not only do we create encounter and find plenty of problems all on our own, but like this scene in Billy Madison, people are continuously leaving their problems on the front steps of our life. 
This might look like when people trash talk someone and want our outrage and allegiance, when they feel frantic and anxious and don't want to be alone in the feeling. They solicit our anxiety with fear and pressure on social media and in our inbox and our text messages and in our ears. This is also something our children are really good at. Yes. And this is why I loved it. I was like, I feel all this. And then, yes, I feel all this as a mother. Yes. Jacket. I need shoes. It's like they're on a bike ride. They left 10 minutes ago for a bike ride. And then somebody comes in. I'm like, how did you make it 10 minutes from now without shoes? I don't understand what happened. Yes. I don't understand. But now it's your problem. Now it's my You're the problem. mom. Why didn't you take care of this? Yeah. Exactly. And so kind of the, um, with all of the shifts, there are mantras and practices to invite you to just saying it, there's no problem to solve, helps bring you into that presence. But also it has been really helpful for me with um, realizing what are the problems I continuously am trying to solve. Yeah. My body. Mm-hmm. It's like, it just, it came back again. Cause I'm putting this book out. So it came back. I'm like, I'm not, I don't look the same as I do on the book mm. cover. My body's not the same size as it's on the book cover. So I'm fooling the entire mm. world with the book cover. What? Like, this is legitimately like me. Like I, and it's like, I can't even see myself putting the book out because I don't physically look exactly like I did when this picture was taken. That's, that's, that's a problem that mm-hmm. my body, that, <laughs> that's a problem that yeah. my mind has been feeding me since I was eight. Yeah. And so when you look at it that way too, like, what are the trends? What are the reoccurring problems that I'm asking myself to solve over and over and over again? Then we're able to start looking at like a real root issue or belief. Mm-hmm. And it really comes back down to the core of the book. The core of life for me is that you're already inherently worthy. You're already whole. You're already inherently divine. You are beautiful just in every aspect in your shadow and your light. And um, when we're trying to solve all those problems, it's like we're trying to shut the doors on all of those aspects of our personality and self. We we don't feel like fit in an acceptable way. Well, and I think of, um, where is it? It is right here high pressure where we feel important. Oh yeah. Like solving problems and helping others. For me, I I look at it as my over-functioning. Yeah. I feel really valuable. Yes. I'm validated in my ability to step up and to, to give what is needed. But then when I slow down and I'm aware, I'm thinking, I kind of have some resentment now that I've done the thing to solve their problem or to feel important for myself. It didn't feel the hole that I wanted it to feel. It's like, and it's not only that it didn't feel the hole and I'm tired now and I'm mad. Now, not only did it, did it not help? I'm mad (laughs) and I'm hungry and I'm poorer because I gave you money and foot, like whatever. Right. We're like, I and so this really, truly helps not create resentment. Yeah. And also I was talking to somebody recently and you know this with your girls and we were talking about working with teenagers and, uh, oh, it was a therapist and she had worked at this, um, youth group mm-hmm. and like a camp for teenagers. And I was just telling her, like, I just really am obsessed with the teenagers right now. I just want to talk to them. I want to like get their feedback on life. Like they just, it's been a rough time for them with 2020, the school break. Like it's just a hard age with the world. Right. It's hard for everyone. But, and what her and I both really landed on is when you are speaking to the teenagers, specifically teens or Mm -hmm. children, when you aren't coming in and trying to fix or change them, when they are not a problem to be solved, but they are a person to be loved. That's when they open up to Mm -hmm. and connect with you. And so we think about like our interaction with our parents, with our partners, with our children, with our neighbor, somebody on the, you know, different spectrum of the political scale. When we treat them as a problem, Mm -hmm. your way of thinking is a problem to be solved. It automatically creates a rift and a difference. And so it's great in boundaries and protecting yourself, but it's also, and that's the thing that I ask of myself with each of the shifts and I, and I do it in the book as well. If everybody believed this, would the world be a more peaceful, loving Mm -hmm. place? And if everybody walked around feeling 
guided, supported, inherently whole, and that they didn't have to essentially prove their value by giving value to other people yeah. by solving all these problems. If they would trust that there's flow and that the universe is working for your good, these are hard things. Mm-hmm. So there's no problem to be solved. It's truly, it's a surrender. It is. And, and it's hard. And That's I, why nobody likes it. I know <laughs> because that, that surrender is, I felt like it was giving up parts of me that were helping me. Yes. And when yes. I really, sadly, we've talked about this before. You've been on my podcast and we talked about being compelled to shift, to make mm. shifts. I was compelled in most of the big shifts in my life. I've been compelled to like, I've been knocked on my face same, same. and I have to pick myself <laughs> yeah. up. So I am not the kind of person who's just like, I want to shift my life and I go and do it. I, and that's fine. That's just how I've worked. Um, but last year was a huge shift for me to see. I was still very much over-functioning in my business with partners, in my marriage, in my friendships, in my parenting. And to really try to pull back is, it was messy. It was so messy. And I felt like (laughs) I have nothing to give then Mm. if I focus on my healing and not like getting all that external validation. How do I get it really? Well, duh. It's what I've been trying to do for the last 10 years is give it to myself. Yeah. And not take things personal and not worry about other people's opinions and all these things that it really is a daily practice for me. Absolutely. And, and I have those moments where I have to check in with my people and say, okay, I'm having one of those moments where I'm taking things personal or I want to go in and solve, or I'm feeling resentment and I have to just slow down mm. and not go into problem solving. Yes. Uh That is so, I love the way that you said that. And so let's give like some application to this. Like there's no problem to be solved. So how could this shift? And there's 11 others in the book. (laughs) (laughs) How could this shift of there's no problem to be solved help you? Like the title of the book says, Mm -hmm. you're already awesome. How to silence your inner critic and step into greatness. So for me, it's like how to not kill yourself with anxiety. Like that's Mm -hmm. basically that. I don't know why they didn't use that as like the subtitle, but they, I don't know if they thought this one would hit better. Yes. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm like, how to stay alive. That's really what I'm That's talking That's what we're about. looking for. Yeah. So the application is there's no problem to solve. It comes back to that surrender, back to that validation, that confidence that we've put so much outside of ourselves, mm-hmm. that we've given to other people, that we've given even to our partners, that we've even given to our close friends. Yeah. Like even when you're like my people. Yeah. Like I've had the experience recently where some of my people who are my people who were my rocks that I like hit up against to like make sure it was okay. Like the relationships have dissolved in a way. Mm. And I don't know exactly what the relationships will look like going forward. I cannot tell you that that's like, that's like one of the hardest things I've mm-hmm. ever had to try to operate with. Um that it's not a problem that needs to be solved, that I'm not a problem because the relationship dissolved, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, been there. Preaching to the choir, <laughs> preaching to the friggin' choir. And so, just in application, I was on the news this morning, right? Yay, talking about the book. And last night, of course, it's Sunday night at like 10 o'clock. I'm like, wait, I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing enough to talk about the book. I'm literally going on the news the next day. Like, what? I'm like, I'm not doing enough to talk about the book. Oh my gosh, the book won't be successful. I'm not on social media all of the time. I don't have a plan in place. I'm not as professional. Um, And then also, wait, what is it? Oh yeah, my pants don't fit. Now the book won't be successful, right? Like this whole thing. And I really had to go into this place of pulling up, pulling up, Mm -hmm. pulling up, getting that compassionate God-like perspective, that universe creator perspective of, was there really a problem to be solved in that moment? No. There was just, so sorry. It's okay. I love it. I like, I can't like really hear it. She's reminding me therapy. <laughs> oh, good. Well, and what, t- like, what we're time good. are we at? We're good. I just want to know. Okay, good. We're good. Okay. We're good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Do you edit these? Perfect. Well, like keep the question in then. So, oh, so. No problem to be solved. No problem to be solved. I just feel like there's the application, mm-hmm. right? And it's so funny how hard your brain 
wants to fight. Yeah. Wants to fight it. And the reason it wants to fight it is because it's being propelled by years and years and years of your unconscious, subconscious, the biases, like all of these different things are propelling you. And you might truly not believe that you're safe Mm -hmm. if you're not solving a problem, that you're not worthy of love if you're not solving a problem. And so the shifts I also see as a really gentle, compassionate way to help shine a light on a place where maybe you could go use some EMDR therapy, right? Maybe you could get some energetic clearing therapy session. It could be a phone call with a friend, Mm -hmm. but if you want to believe that it could be true and you believe it's true for other people, but it doesn't feel true for you, that's an invitation. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I'm not going to tell you, you have to do anything because that sounds hard, but it's just, will shift your awareness. Mm-hmm. And once you shift that awareness, the solutions start popping up Yeah, and you meet someone who talks about a program yes. or an online course or something very within your budget, right? You're like, I can't afford any of those things. I'm like, guess what you would like, somebody will talk about something that is within your budget. Mm-hmm. Once you kind of open your perception to it. Amen to that. Yeah. It, everything starts yeah. coming into your world when you open it of. and say, I'm just being open and I'm mm. not trying to find my solutions using all my old yes. things. Yes. My world has absolutely opened in finding different modalities or just going on a walk with a friend Yes, um, or laughing so hard. You yes. cry. I love that you brought yeah. that up because that was actually my solution as I was sitting there freaking out about going, you know, I'm talking about the book and how I'm going to look on camera, Mm -hmm. even though I'm not admitting to anyone or myself that that's part of what I'm thinking about. It's not what I was thinking about. It absolutely (laughs) is part of what I was thinking about. Um, (laughs) Dang it. You're a human. (laughs) I hate it. (laughs) And then I just was like, this feels really hard. Do I have to do this by myself? And I Mm -hmm. said to Eric, I was like, Hey, will you go with me tomorrow? And he was like, uh, cause he's used to me just doing this all yeah. myself. And he's, I was like, it's fine. You don't have to go. You don't need to go. No, it's fine. You don't have to go. He's like, no, no, no. Give me a minute. Let me think about it. And I was like, no, it's fine. I don't need help. I don't need help. You don't need to go. I'm just fine. I'm fine. And then he ended up coming and I let him come cause he needed a minute to think about it. And he's mm-hmm. like, that actually sounds fun. And I'm like, the reason I want you to go is not. So there's somebody there. And I checked this in with myself yeah. too. Like, I don't want him to go because I can't do it alone. I don't want him to go because um, I feel too frazzled and frantic and anxious. And that would be okay if I did. Mm -hmm. I really want him to go because it sounds way more fun if he's there. Yeah. And then we were listening to, um, my kids love Weird Al Yankovic. (laughs) My too. What? Why? I did too when I was there. I did so, too. So it's just part of it. It really is. And we kept laughing so hard about the one line. So it's gangster's paradise, but it's Amish paradise. Mm-hmm. And it's the line that goes, even Ezekiel thinks that my mind is gone. <laughs> and Eric and I just said that like 20 times on the drive up laughing so hard. And rather than being in my head. Yeah. And then when it was time to talk about the book, I know how to talk about yeah. it. I know how to talk about the book. Like, let's, let's be real. Yeah. I know how to talk about the book. That wasn't a problem that needed to be solved. And so I think even just offering that awareness, mm-hmm. um, I really like the part that in the end of the book that you liked, if you mm-hmm. want to share that yeah. part, because I feel like that kind of summarizes our conversation. Is it the answers within? Yes. Okay. It's tempting to believe that answers are outside of us. We can spend our whole lives thinking other people know more and are more qualified to direct your life. But the truth is we get to write our own conclusions. Oh, and it really is like, Wait, you read my own book and I was like, Oh, that's so nice to hear. Thank like, you. It's true though. Right. <laughs> when I do my post, people are like, I needed that. And I was like, duh, I needed yeah, that. Duh. Why do you think I wrote it? Uh, it's my journal. <laughs> do you not know what I'm doing here? Is <laughs> what I feel is what I'm posting. There's yeah. no plan. Yeah. Um, that is a hundred percent my world of, I was that person saying, this is my problem. What is the solution? Mm, Tell me what to do. Going to religious leaders, going to parents, going to therapists, like somebody tell me what to do. Cause I actually don't know instead of slowing down and just saying, I, I actually have my own divine powers within me that are coming from another divine mm. knowing that I have my own answers, like even for the big and the little, I can do this. So it's really silly, Allison, but the last for me, uh, divorcing after two decades, Mm. there were a lot of things to unravel and to 
to figure myself out again and to again. say, yeah, yeah. And to, to start making decisions on my own was so scary. And I do remember telling you business-wise, I was terrified. Yeah. Like, how am I going to run my own businesses? I've always had partners and I've always had men who were partners. And so that terrified me to say, this is Ashlyn. It's just me. That's scary. And my therapist was so funny. He's like, you've already been doing that. Like the thing you're wasting Ugh. all this energy on yeah. and seeking answers and solutions from everyone around you, you're already doing it. Yeah. Like just wake up yes. and look around. It's, it's scary, but you're doing it. And so when you say frantic, I cannot help but think I was in a lot of frantic energy Same. for probably the first quarter of 2021 mm. of just like, I've got to figure out how to how do I pick myself up? And, uh, I don't know what to do. And I had like three therapists in my life trying to help me find my way back up from being flat on my face and to get out of that frantic energy was me. And to it just, wasn't one of the therapists, no, like, like dragging your dead lifeless body. <laughs> no, that's and what we think it's going to be. I mean, yeah. they absolutely would help me absolutely. process and, and to read, read, shift my mindset, but the answers truly came from me slowing down mm. and doing the things you're talking about in this book. They're within it's it's within. And the very first shift is I can wake up to my awesome. Mm. And I put that as the first shift where essentially all of them are inviting you back to that first one of wake up. Wake up to yourself, yeah. wake up to your inherent beauty, pull out far enough so that you don't feel like you have to step on the flaming bag of poop because maybe there was a hose five feet away mm. and then that would have been a, a happier cleanup. Sometimes maybe you have to just get your porch and your boots and everything messy and yes. you, right. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta, you know, stomp it out with your boots, Ted, but you pull up and you pull up and then rather beating yourself up about it. You're like man, that was a hard situation. And I navigated it the mm -hmm. best I could and probably better than I'm giving myself any credit. For sure. And that's how I look at my last year is like, yes, there were judgments of how I handled it and would I have loved to do it different? Probably, but I have zero regret because I did exactly what I could do. And I gave myself that freedom to be a mess and to do the best I could. And try to use the tools and they don't work. Okay. I'm going to try to do it. Yeah. Um, but to, to, to really surrender and let go of that frantic energy and stop wasting my time in my head. Mm. I still have to practice that. Yeah. I, I mean, we talked oh, even my period. Oh yeah. My period comes around the frantic comes back and I and have to be like, Oh, positive, like positive <laughs> that everyone hates me. Just yeah. like, like you like could not tell me. And the most frustrating <laughs> thing, the most frustrating thing is when you are on your period or getting your period, right? It's hormonal and yes. you know, it's hormonal. And I track my cycles. And same here. We, we know it's it coming because if I don't know it's coming, it's a surprise every time, every time for over 20 years, I guess every yeah. time yeah. it's a surprise to me. And so, you know, tracking them diligently and to be able to sit in the emotion, mm -hmm. accept the emotion, even embrace the emotion. I don't even want to say like, honor the emotion. I want to say embrace the yeah. emotion where it's like, I am messy. Yeah. I am furious. I am livid. I am popping off at my kids, at my sister, at anybody who gets in my space and compassion for that and not excusing and need to fix mm -hmm. accountability. Yes. Responsibility. Yes. You're not going to become a monster. Right. But even the trying and the awareness yeah. is still hard for me. Yeah. And I talked to my old therapist yesterday about this. And she's like, why is it so much worse now as you're getting older? And I'm like, mm. truly part of me embracing my self again, and to really hold me is to be so diligent in tracking everything that I'm very aware. Mm. I also have a higher capacity to feel the good and the hard mm. emotion. So yeah. I'm, it hits different than it did yeah. five years ago. I think it's the same but it hits me different because I am prepared. I am trying to take the supplements and prepare yeah. and, and give emotional warnings to my family and my 
people, you know, like, Hey, I'm going on a trip this month. I'm starting my period. I'm going to let those people know I'm going to be a little extra sensitive, but I'm going to do my best to show up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think that when we're able to communicate our truth, when we're able to communicate just our experience without apologizing, justifying, or proving back to that idea of like, there's not an agenda being served with it. It's not like, cause I've been in this place so many times where it's talking about the dance parties. Like I had to stop doing them mm-hmm. and it basically came from anybody would say like, when's the next dance party? And my response was like, what do you want from me? Yes. This is the best I can do. Like, why are you like hounding me? And it's, you know, that had a lot to do with me. And <laughs> I, I didn't have any more to give. Yes. Right. Um, and so just, you know, returning to that place of, and, and I want to say returning because it really yeah. is returning. Even if you can't consciously remember ever being there. Yes. Thank you for that. Yeah. Cause I'd never understood that when part of my recovery of self and mm-hmm. the reclamation, it was like, I never was this. I never was. And I have a few people in my life who've been with me from elementary school that are like, uh, you were this, right? You were this. So don't, don't push it down and say you weren't. I've accepted old truths, but for so many years, I accepted faults. You know, I believed the lies going through my head and I became that person. And I put myself in that little box and there were lots of problems to be solved. (laughs) Oh, all the problems to be solved. I was the biggest problem. Yeah. Well, And I think that you and I are similar. And I think a lot of the people who are going to, you know, be joining us are are similar in that when we're walking around trying to get that validation or because what is saying, what should I do? It means, you know, I have a little thing I like to say in a keynote, like when you hear the alarm of the do, 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 it means that you're looking for outward, Mm. outward validation, outward action, out, 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 out. I can fix it. I can do, I can do, I can do. And so when you hear the do alarm, it's an invitation to return back to, okay, what, what is it that I need Mm. that I'm thinking I'm going to get by doing? Right. It's an uncomfortable question for yourself. Soup's uncomfortable. (laughs) And we have an entire system set up to reinforce that our value is, you know, uh, connected to what the value we create and the value we put out. And so that's not inherently like, oh, it's so evil. It just, it is what it is, man. Yeah, (laughs) it is what it is. Yes, it really is. (laughs) And there's a lot of us who are, who are set up that way. Yeah. So you're not alone. Yeah. And so the returning to you're already awesome. Like it's that return to, you know, unconsciously you came into this world and started shutting doors on parts of yourself. Mm -hmm. And because, you know, you don't throw tantrums and you don't get mad or you don't do this and you don't do that. I'm not that person. You shut the door on it. And what I really love about this book is what it helped me do and writing it healed me, writing it brought pieces of me that weren't safe to come out for years and years out. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really, really proud of that and grateful for that. And then It's funny because like, I can see how these concepts and ideas like lay the groundwork for being able to do like shadow work and reclamation. That's what I think. I'm like, you let your shadows be seen, not just the light. And we've seen so much of the light of Allison. Yeah. And so I did, I really saw that in the book is like, Allison left herself in here. Yeah. It's her. She's there. She's She's there. It's so funny. You have on your fridge, um, which made me so happy seeing it. She can't be stopped. (laughs) So I had a t-shirt that I made that says she can't be stopped. Mm -hmm. And my sister's in town. And over the weekend, we've been laughing so hard when I was like, just so tired. I'm like, I don't want to do any of it. I'm like, I'm going to get all the shirts I have and just wait, she be stopped. She be stopped. And I love that though. And I think that's like such a like, it's so great and cute to say, do your shadow work and accept all the pieces mm-hmm. of yourself. But if you don't feel safe yeah. doing it, good night, good luck, <laughs> goodbye. Like we're done. Yeah. Like that's torture. 
And so my real true hope and intention is whether you are already like so far down that path, or it's just like a new concept to you, this idea of your wholeness and your completeness, but really explored from every angle of not needing to change, prove, do, or be, um, it's just going to help you feel a little more awesome than you did before, which is all we need. That's it. So that's it. We've solved the world's problem. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. I knew we could do it. We I did knew it. we could do she it. She did it all in this little book. There's so. no problem to be solved, but we solved them. Yes. <laughs> Turns out. Yes. Okay. Where can they find your book? You can buy it anywhere you want to buy it. Ooh. Yeah. So wherever books are sold, okay. except not at Target, I don't think. Oh. I mean, it, Come on, you, Target. do you know that Target has a really small book section? So yeah. in order to sell in Target, you it's have to deal. like be a specific thing. I know that it will be in Target. That's why I like putting it out there, but online Barnes and Noble, all the bu- bu- booksellers. And if you go to your already awesome.com, Y O U R E. Okay. Okay. Proper. Your, yeah. <laughs> You just, you don't need that apostrophe, but you're already awesome.com. There's a link to all of the um, places you can get the book. I also have a really fun quiz that I created called what's your awesome magic. I need to go take it. I actually, it's like almost finished by the time this comes out, it will be ready. Like I did it based on like, um, the four elements. Oh, It's like really good. And then it like tells you which shifts are going to like help align with your awesome magic. So there's that there's like like a free meditation and, um, some awesome, like, you know, bonuses. If you purchase the book, you can put your info in. So you're already awesome.com. It has all the info about the book. And then on the social medias, when I feel emotionally stable, I will be on there. No, yes. <laughs> no but I, I do think Legit. it's important people yeah. understand that. Yeah. Because if you do not, if you're just part of the consumption of social media, which is totally fine, you don't understand what it takes to be a creator as well. Yes. Yeah. And it, that's why I don't show up some days as yeah. I need a break for me. Yeah. And I need to focus on my energy and you need to focus on yours. Yes. So there you go. And it's that joy. Yeah. It's that fun. Yeah. If it's not fun, no one wants to do it. Yeah. But I am on there. Um, the Allison Faulkner and that's Allison with one L. Yes. The, the Allison. <laughs> well, it was the Allison show, but now the Allison Faulkner. Yeah. And that was like, it's interesting because you like, lost I know. The last you took your name. <laughs> and I like took it I know you owned it I, I like owned it. it but it's also like I like the Allison show I'm not upset in any way to like be referred to or that I'm like mm-hmm. I am the Allison show but I also don't have to be putting on a show no so that was my just for me a little bit of letting go surrender yeah, yeah surrender thank you yeah full circle <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love Allison. I go, love go pre-order or buy her book. Yes. Now. I would. I really love that. I us. pre-ordered it. Thank so, you. you know, so I'm going to have like, you have a copy of I it. know, but I'm all, I'm going to support her. Thank I'm going to do it. So I think I'm sending you a copy. Too. I know. So yeah, I'll have I'm like gonna, three. Okay. Does anyone need a yeah. signed copy <laughs> with my notes? I'll have Allison sign it. No. Thank you. All right. Thank you for being thank here. Thank you so much for having me. We're so fun. We have so much fun. Thank you so much. Thanks for being here with me today, whether I was with you doing your dishes while you got ready or driving in your car. If you found a nugget in this episode, please take 30 seconds. You can click on the link below in the show notes and leave me a quick review over on iTunes, or you can share on social media or shoot me an email. It offers me your support without you having to spend a dime or much of your time. Until next time, be the buffalo. Buffalo.